0: you're listening to the counting lights
1: podcast with Chris and Dan counting lights podcast where comedy and wrestling lock up
0: and we're back with the counting lights podcast bam what's going on dan uh
1: it's good to have you back man hey
0: thank you very much i appreciate uh, all the support from uh uh, the podcast listeners and, uh, my friends and family, um, we had a, I had a death in the family, yeah. unfortunately, uh, uh, my brother, um, uh, not my actual, uh, biological brother, but, no, but uh, he, you know, but he was my brother for a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ronnie Kemp passed away and, uh, it's been a t- t- rough couple weeks, um, do you,
1: do you mind if I ask what um, what what they found out? Well, when, um, we're
0: we're, we're um, you know when someone passes away in their home, uh, there you know there's procedures they have to actually uh, uh, the medical examiner has to come pick them up and they mm-hmm. do an autopsy and things of that nature. I haven't gotten any actual information. Uh, we got a memorial service set up for uh, August eighth, mm-hmm. so. Um, um, more than likely probably a heart attack or stroke or something yeah. like that. Um, he was a, um, um, he was, um, actual, um, natural Mr. Texas at one time. Oh, wow. Um, he, uh, um, was, uh, we knew each other from the gym. We actually met each other. I was, uh. S- still in high school Ronnie was out of high school a couple of years and we were uh, we met each other originally um uh we were uh, chasing after the same girl <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: usually in that situation you don't become friends so uh <laughs>
0: neither of us ended up with the girl oh but well no so, that's yeah. that's how
1: you become friends yeah, that's right <laughs>
0: So uh we became uh, uh at one point uh in my early wrestling career I managed a gym mm-hmm. where we grew up in Irving uh Texas and uh so we were uh, very close um we saw each other um, Ronnie and I really became extremely close um after uh when I separated from my first wife mm. and Ronnie was single and uh so we piled around together for a long time and 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 Ronnie ended up becoming a, a fixture in pretty much everything I did. Yeah, um, he was a um, he was a chiropractor. Uh, so Ronnie traveled around with Kit and I from uh, uh, town to town, kind of taking care of uh, medical issues and back problems. That's and smart. Like, yeah, That's you don't that hear nature, you don't so.
1: hear about wrestlers traveling with their own doctor. Well, uh, That's a you smart know thing it was do.
0: you know Ronnie was uh, he was a special guy. He was a a real servant. Yeah, um, you know he took care of people. He was uh, in charge of uh, doing physical therapy for um, several uh, chiropractic offices uh, across the metroplex, and uh, was real, t- really talented. Uh, one, uh, one of those guys that uh, knew the, uh, you know, especially as a bodybuilder, um, knew the um, the human body like nobody i really knew yeah like he just knew how things worked he knew uh you know if you if i had issues uh with pain or um he always kind of knew what to do um he gave me good recommendations uh you know when you're uh injured and when it comes to pro wrestling when you're injured uh you know uh, if you if you should apply heat and you apply cold, there's issues to pay. Yeah. And so he kind of always knew what to do. He always gave the right advice, and uh, it's it was it was it was tough. Um, I think um, um, uh, initially because of the shock of you know absolutely he's here one day and then he, then all of a you sudden wake he's, up he's yeah. gone. So, um, but uh, you know as as the as the days progress it becomes easier easier to accept um the first couple days i just ignored it and went to work and then the
1: weekend
0: after he had passed you got it yeah it was real tough
1: so and that's why i told you man like you know don't come do the podcast. yeah you
0: know really <laughs> i'm glad you said it because uh i need um I needed I needed the time
1: off. You need the time off, but and you need to sit there. Yeah, and you I, need to spent, take I, it in. I
0: spent time with the family. Exactly. I spent, I spent time with some uh, other friends that were uh, that that knew Ronnie Ronnie Kemp, and uh, so it gave me the ability to uh, not give excuses for how how I was feeling. Yeah. So um, it was it was great to be able to uh, just kind of come to the conclusion that, you know, it is what it is, you know? I mean, and, people, like, it's the only guarantee that we have the day we're born Yeah, is that eventually we're going to die. And so, uh, you know, it's just, uh, I know there's people that are listening to this podcast that knew Ronnie and were friends with Ronnie, mm-hmm. and uh, they know what a really cool, special guy he was. Listen, Ronnie was odd. He just was. He probably had a uh, little touch of the OCD. He was, you know what I'm saying? You down with
1: OCD? You know, yeah, he, you know me.
0: Like he was, uh, <laughs> he was... But it was the odd things about Ronnie that people enjoyed. Yeah. And uh, he um, uh, was a real caregiver as far as um, he took care of his father when his father was passing with cancer. And so he was there for his family on that. And uh, his mom... Um, was living alone, and so Ronnie was actually living with her at the mm. time, taking care of her. She's uh, she's a, she's in her um, late eighties, and so Ronnie was there caring for her. Yeah, um, as as you know, as her time kind of ticks on, that uh, he was there to take care of her. And you know, maybe possibly he didn't take care of himself so much.
1: So I mean, well, with I mean, you never. I mean, that's the thing. The the body. Sometimes, man, the body just shows no signs of anything. And then you know, this happened February 2020. I was in your shoes, man. Remember that? My, I mean, I woke up, and my friend Justin. I mean, we still don't even know you know right and he i mean the only thing that was a sign was like he had a headache the night before
0: well that's funny because ronnie was not feeling good a couple days before yeah and he was struggling with uh you know some uh um issues with body aches and not feeling well and probably being a little shorter but probably you know his body probably wasn't his broad body was probably aching because he wouldn't get proper oxygen to his body, you know, so uh, oh, my body aches. So. Now well, I'm scared. <laughs> it's, it was, uh, you know, it was and here's the issue is that I can, if I tell anybody, anything, if anybody's listening that might get something out of this, I would say, listen, if you're having issues, go to the doctor. Nah. You no, know? I mean, um, uh, I'm, I come from a family, a long line of family that has, has dealt with heart issues and, and uh, um, you know, stroke problems and things of that nature. So I, I'm pretty diligent about going to the doctor every six months and, you know, for the last four years. Uh, since I got into my late 40s, I've, uh, you know, I've, I've been seeing a cardiologist to make sure that if there's issues, mm-hmm. that the issues are taken care of. And so, uh, you know, I could just tell everybody, God damn, if you're feeling bad, take an aspirin, aspirin and go to the doctor. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I'd know. also
1: like to make a note on uh, on Ronnie. Um, I met Ronnie because we were doing the Stomping Grounds New Joke New Year Show. Yeah, 51st jokes. 51st jokes we only have like a minute or two it was outside and of course it was the pandemic so everyone's keeping distance it was also freezing it was freezing fucking that
0: cold night. It was
1: freezing that night so cold and Ronnie's right there in the front row yeah, checking he was
0: bitching the whole time but he was there he was bitching yeah. the,
1: i mean i don't blame him for bitching i was bitching too well i, I, I <laughs>
0: he was a real supporter came to a mm-hmm. lot of my comedy shows was uh You know, very supportive, and uh, he was, like, literally my brother. Yeah. And so...
1: If you will allow me, I will name this episode for Ronnie. Okay. Because, you know, there we have... And, you know, I'm going to quote Star Trek. I I don't know how I'm not a virgin, but I'm going to (laughs) quote...
0: I don't know what that means, I, the, the
1: fact that I can just quote Star Trek. That's just like yeah, how... Yeah, that's a little weird. How how did I ever have sex? Um, uh, it's one of the main characters of Star Trek dies in the first season. Spoilers. But she says, no one's truly ever gone when you have memories. You know? No one is ever truly gone. And it's one of the most prolific Star Trek quotes yeah. there is. And it helps me uh, uh, get over all the deaths yeah. that I had in my life last year in the world. It was basically the world of comedy, really. Right. Um, but yeah, and so this episode is going to be for Ronnie, and it's going to be archived, and we always cool. have that. And we always have this episode where we, where we cheers Ronnie, what a great life, all that good stuff.
0: Well, I appreciate all the support, everybody that contacted me on Facebook, all the folks that, uh, you know, uh, uh, read my post to tell you a little bit about him, uh, positive on the positive note. I got another booking, um, but I got to write another five minutes. And Are you going, yeah, gotta you're gotta going be, back to the no, comedy arena. No, no? Uh, I got to do five minutes of Ronnie's funeral.
1: Oh, oh, <laughs> so um, it's always a tough set. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, uh.
0: <laughs> I got to be completely clean, so yeah. <laughs> but I listen. I have years and years of wealth of uh, information on the guy, and so it's just uh, you know, it's really not a funeral. It's more of a celebration of life, absolutely. And so, uh,
1: I was watching this. There's there's this video that came across my news feed this guy at his funeral he had a pre-recorded i guess he died of cancer so he was he knew he was going to die so he made a pre-recorded oh, I message saw that. i saw that and it's just <laughs> it's just him yelling get me out <laughs> what do you know i'm still in here what are you <laughs> uh,
0: i mean who, who was it that put it on their uh, tombstone that said uh, i told you i was sick
1: <laughs>
0: i don't know but that's hilarious
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, I think it might have been like Milton Berle or somebody like that. There was a. I want to say this is Carl. I want to say it was Carl LeBeau's story. It might not be. But rest in peace, Carl LeBeau. But there was some comic was telling me how. If you he, guys
0: don't know who Carl LeBeau
1: is. He was Sam Kennison's best friend. Sam Kennison's best friend. But there was like. I think it might. Some comic's funeral. For some reason, the family had other comics speak. And uh, the comic goes up there and he says something sweet. And he says something like really heartfelt and it's sad. And then he goes, by the way, you can catch me at Zaney's this weekend. <laughs> Friday and Friday and Saturday, two yeah, shows. So
0: uh, um, <laughs> I think it's Oak Hills Baptist Church on the 8th of uh, – uh, be, it will be next Sunday.
1: Next uh, Sunday. So, uh, August 8th.
0: Yeah, like if uh, you want to see a clean five minutes, come. Get, <laughs> get, your, t- get yeah, your tickets now. Get your now. tickets now.
1: <laughs> yeah. So Yeah. Anyway. And he would,
0: he would think that's funny. Yeah. Ronnie and I uh, uh, had uh, very similar senses of humor. Uh, we liked uh, in, irreverent humor and, uh, uh, you know, uh, Mel Brooks kind. movies and Family Guy and shit like that. And so... Um, he had a great sense of humor. Could not tell jokes save his life. Didn't have a funny bone in his body. But uh, he was. Uh, but
1: a fan of what he heard. Yeah,
0: and couldn't be on time to save his life, man. And we'll we'll find out. We'll find out on the eighth if he's actually <laughs> late to his own funeral. <laughs> so it's horrible. But listen, he would think it's funny too. No, it's he honestly fucking- would. That's It fucking... honestly wouldn't. If anybody knows where I can get a uh, uh, Blazing Saddles t-shirt,
1: I'll be wearing it. Oh, for... uh, you can find one on Amazon, I'm uh, sure. I think so. I think so. But he would get a kick out of that. We're, uh... Well, speaking of uh, burying, now we got to bring up WWE. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Lord have mercy on the. Uh, uh I thought Misty and I had the whole week covered. Uh, we did the show a little bit differently. We recorded on Sunday night. Or, or no, we recorded on yeah, we recorded on Sunday night and then Thursday night, so we had fresh episodes oh, and, and right. fresh takes. To, you didn't listen, and that's fine. Yeah I, yeah, I I understand. Um, so we had fresh takes on this, and I thought Misty and I covered everything, but on your way over here, it was announced uh, that WWE has released Bray Wyatt, and everybody's jaw is dropped on this.
0: What the fuck are what they thinking?
1: The, fuck are the even if he asked for it. No, <laughs> uh, I don't. I
0: can't imagine what the fuck they're thinking.
1: Uh, that I, I mean, I would imagine he asked for it because he did have to drop the belt to a uh, a fifty-something-year-old Goldberg, who I mean, if you are an adult and you are a fan of Goldberg, just tell us on the chart what your father did to you. Um, <laughs> and I don't think any what child. What was that like a? Fucking five minute match. What was it? It, it? I I don't know how long the match was. Must I just, not have been very long. I just know Bray Wyatt lost. I don't think, and I don't think kids root for Goldberg because they genuinely like him. I think kids root for Goldberg because their father or their mother is rooting mm, for Goldberg. Them, yeah. You know. I don't understand why Goldberg's on a roster. And Listen, Bray not Wyatt that I want not.
0: Goldberg to be like you know uh, on the bad side of me.
1: What's he? What? <laughs> not going to do nothing. Seems like he might be a little cranky. Mm, I mean, yeah, he's fucking 50-something years old. I'd be cranky, too. Hey, man. No, I mean, no offense. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But also, there was that last-minute decision at WrestleMania uh, against Randy Orton, where Alexa Bliss, who basically has this gimmick because it was Bray Wyatt's idea... For her to have this little demon possessed gimmick, they right. had her betray Bray Wyatt, and then we never saw Bray Wyatt again. Alexa Bliss is now one of the most popular people on Monday Night, Monday Night Raw with Bray Wyatt's gimmick. Right. That was so. I'm. I imagine, and plus the way wrestling is going right now, I imagine Bray Wyatt asked for it because I cannot for the life of me. Uh, Picture a creative boardroom meeting where they said, "Okay, let's let's get rid of Bray Wyatt." I can't because the dude was the most creative guy. Well, do you think that? uh,
0: So, once again, this was a question that I asked you uh, when I when you told me ten minutes ago.
1: (laughs) It was literally right before we hit the record button. And uh, my
0: question was: once again, was his contract so big that they felt like that? Are they trying to make their
1: they cut, Are they trying
0: to make their numbers look good again to make a sell for WWE?
1: I know that. You know? Well, I think they cut a huge part of the of the budget or the budget loss with um, Braun Strowman. He had a multi million dollar contract. million dollar deal. I don't. I don't. I don't. But Bray Wyatt earns his money.
0: Because his Wyatt... If
1: he's not not working, he doesn't get paid. His Wyatt family gimmick, his Fiend gimmick, even down to the mask and the look of the character, to the song he comes out with, that is all creatively Bray Wyatt. Right. And we brought this up. He was the only person in WWE with his own little creative freedom. Right. And we had a theory that it's because he's the son of Mike Rotunda, IRS. When
0: somebody gets to the point... uh, you know, they, the, the creative team still has an input on what they think the direction is. But to give that kind of uh, creativity to somebody, I'm sure he had to go in and pitch it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you, know, you know, I mean, even back in the day, you had to go and pitch your ideas mm-hmm. to whoever was in charge. Booker, Dusty Rhodes... Yeah. You know, uh, uh, Eric Bischoff, whoever it may be,
1: but he had a good track record of his creative ideas getting over with the fans. And what would they would do? They'd build him up and squash him when he had the potential to be the next Undertaker type of figure. Right. You know, you could give that guy a WrestleMania streak.
0: Yeah. You know, he, you know he's not a, an overly huge guy. No,
1: but there's just he he would create a gimmick. Yeah, he does that have he does have that
0: kind of creative talent. Mm-hmm. I mean. Um, you know, and uh, he definitely is leaning towards that type of, uh, you know, individual, you know, uh, uh, franchise brand, yeah, you know, brand in the company. But uh, I, just, I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know why it is. I don't know if he asked for it and he's got an idea what he wants to do. Or if he just wants to, you know, I mean, if he wants to take some time off, I mean, they wouldn't have to kill his contract.
1: He, he, he was taking time off. That was the thing. After WrestleMania, they just they didn't do anything with him. And this is the typical story of WWE through the past 10 years.
0: Well, that's the problem with having writers that...
1: Are from television are or from not television from and not from wrestling? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Because you don't you don't waste a talent like Bray Wyatt. Uh, y- you know, you come up with an idea and you run it past him, and you you guys come to some sort of a conclusion. Because with the, with the experience that he's had, been in the uh, company for that long, plus you know, with
1: his pedigree, I mean, his family. Pedigree, yeah,
0: with the it's it's the the Wyndham family who was you know uh, was uh, the uh, Blackjack Mulligan, Barry Wyndham, Kendall Wyndham, and then on and the other, side, on you the other the side you have the Rotundas, the Rotundas, and so and it's uh, you know it's.
1: It, I mean, I, I mean, I imagine like when you have that, and, and you know Wyndham and Rotunda, you've got a loyal employee right there. You've got someone who you know will be loyal because they got their dad in their ear, going, "Well, just do it like this, and everything's going to be fine, and they'll take care of you." Well,
0: definitely, uh, definitely, you know, getting good advice from the, you know, knowing the business.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, and just for them to <laughs> Ralphie's and, sitting on the fucking yeah, wires. Ralphie doesn't give a shit about this podcast. Uh, um, but here's what's here's what's the the. This is bad because the television partners were already upset that AEW is blasting in the rumor mill that CM Punk and Daniel Bryan are coming in, and right. it's all but confirmed at this point with CM Punk. Like right. it's, and Daniel Bryan still up in the air, but it's it's looking that AEW is telling the truth, and the television partners already like yelled pretty much, like, got all upset. Like, how did you let these guys slip? Right. They don't watch the product, obviously, right. because right. everyone right. knows what happened to CM Punk sure. seven years right. ago. But they do have a point with Daniel Bryan. It's not like Daniel Bryan was released. Daniel, The contract ran out, and they couldn't re-sign Daniel Bryan.
0: Well, um, from what I know from the way the WWE contracts run, is that um, you... are supposed to give a 90 day, uh, heads up. Yeah. Or your contract, uh, rolls over Mm. and you know, that's where the negotiating comes in. I mean, you have to start
1: negotiating six months out and they didn't, they didn't lock it
0: down and they didn't lock it down.
1: They did not lock it down. And he is, I mean, I'd say probably top five, most over Yeah, it's an unusual,
0: definitely, probably the biggest success story to come out of, you know, him and CM Punk, Mm -hmm. the best success story to come out of the independent scene, you know, in the
1: last uh, 20 years. People that they got their push their way, you know, like if CM Punk wasn't going to win at Money in the Bank, but then CM Punk cuts that pipe bomb. And then it forces WWE's hand.
0: See, and that's what they need. They need, uh, and see, that came straight from um, an, a talent. Mm-hmm. So that was an idea of a talent mm-hmm. to, to to do that. Like that's that's the that's where I'm constantly saying, give it back to the boys. Like, let the like stop letting these. Fucking Harvard writers that don't know the fucking wrestling business. They think they know the wrestling business. Guess what? You know how many promoters I fucking worked for that were fucking jobber, not jobber promoters, they were fucking mark promoters mm-hmm. that thought they knew the business. And couldn't and, and had no fuck in had no fucking idea what they were fucking doing. You know what I'm saying?
1: I watched the UWF documentary on Herb Abrams. Yes. Man, would I love to party with that guy. Well, that dude was just a coke fucking fiend. But he got Andre, bro. He got Andre for a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cocaine is a hell of a drug, it y'all. Sure fucking is. You I, can sign I mean, I'm, Andre I'm the I've just giant. heard.
0: I don't know personally. But. <laughs> oh, I know personally. <laughs> I've never done cocaine. I'm afraid I'd fucking like it.
1: Um, But with Daniel Bryan, another situation. Now, he didn't have any type of pipe bomb, but it was one of those things where the fans forced WWE's hand.
0: That was definitely a situation where the fans uh, threw a curveball to the company.
1: Absolutely. And probably one of the greatest uh, WrestleMania storylines ever. In one of the best WrestleManias ever, you gotta remember the 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 Yeslemania, WrestleMania 30. popped that Miller Lite. Um, is the same WrestleMania where the streak was ended. You know, it's a very that's right. Yeah. It's it is a very um, notable WrestleMania, probably in the top five of WrestleManias. So you're gonna let that guy go. You got CM Punk who's pretty much in, and now you have Bray Wyatt we have three multi-time world champions and, and uh, out there just fucking out there right. right now for for deals and it's like what misty and i brought up AEW is this oncoming storm and now you're making the environment more vo- more viable for that fucking storm
0: like here's the here's here's a little bit of advice that I would give. What's it, Con? Is that Tony guy? Con? Tony Con, yeah, it, running AEW. What I would give him a little bit of advice is that <clears throat> there's there's going to be a and and he's he's getting to this point right now where he has to be conscious about the numbers that he is uh that is coming out of his pocket. Mm-hmm. For his his for his roster, yeah. Because there's going to be a point where you've got to look at your roster and you're (laughs) like, you have to make that decision. Okay, um, who's better for the business, this guy or this guy? Yeah. And you have to go. You have to do it from the top. Really, you don't have to do it from the top down because the top is easy to make those decisions. Mm -hmm. You have to do it. You almost have to do it as if it was a. Are you familiar, familiar with, like, a round-robin tournament? Oh, yeah, yeah, So, yeah. so the number one seed um, would, would if it was wrestling, let's say it's a wrestling tournament. If it's a wrestling tournament or basketball or whatever, the number one seed would play the, the number 100 seed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's the way it would go you have to make those decisions and you have to look at your roster and go okay let's start from the bottom
1: up okay
0: yeah like how much is this guy costing us yeah how 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 big is the talent because there's going to get to the point they're coming they're 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 getting to the point with uh, i'm just assuming with AEW and that but, you know you got to understand the money that they're spending on talent and guys like you know uh, managers mm-hmm. like Iron uh, Anderson, you know the guys that are helping Tully. in the back, totally, mm-hmm. totally Blanchard, Billy Gunn, right?
1: Exactly. Mark Henry, Paul White. There,
0: ha- there comes to the point where you got to go. Okay, what are we getting out of the money we're spending?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: because that's where it becomes. You get to to a thing called critical mass. Yeah. Okay, where the mass is 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 you have to make a decision. Do we need, we need to let some guys go? Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, or maybe they, uh, can take a different role that, you know, maybe they do two jobs instead of one job. You know what I'm saying? So like,
1: I think where, I think the benefit AEW has right now is collaborating with the other companies and most of their roster. If it's not, if they aren't a big name, they're on an open contract.
0: Yeah, like if you got guys on an open contract, they're not costing you like the big names.
1: It's per appearance at that point.
0: And then too, you have to you you have, have to make those decisions with the big names too because mm-hmm. there's gonna be a there's gonna be a point where, you know, of a process of elimination that you have to make the decision that this guy we're not getting as much value out of what we're spending on this person because you have to keep those numbers down. That's what killed WCW.
1: But what also, to be fair, what also killed WCW? To be fair, to be fair. what also? That's a letter, Kenny. Yeah, there. hey, you've been watching Letter Kenny. That's I'm fucking proud of you, dude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is—I never thought I'd hear Chris Germany go. I've been yeah. watching some Letter Kenny. Um, but what the T- Ted Turner and WCW and Vince was right when he said it's not competitive like WCW is. The problem with Ted Turner was. They were throwing fucking everything, and they didn't care. AEW... Yeah,
0: they were trying to kill the Giant. A, yeah. And it came to a point where the Giant started to beat them, and there wasn't anything they could fucking do.
1: AEW is not trying to outlast WWE. AEW is not trying to directly go at WWE. The only thing AEW is competing with, as far as WWE concerned, is creatively. And creatively, they are doing a fantastic fucking job. Now, uh, they're getting into the United Center. They're getting into these places that run a Raw, run a SmackDown, run a WWE pay-per-view. They are progressing very well. The only reason AEW is in the red is because they've invested so much in the video game of AEW coming out, tentatively scheduled for next year with the former WWE uh, video game partner yukes and that's a that's a really good investment. That's a really good investment.
0: That's a smart investment, and it's the uh, first big uh, over kind of God, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, a possible um, explosion on on the retail side,
1: absolutely. And
0: that's that's where your real money is. It's not in TB contracts. Mm-hmm. It's in what can you sell out the door absolutely uh, you know t-shirts uh you know uh, merchandise you know the plush toys the and, shit like
1: that and you know what wcw didn't do wcw did not work their with merchandise companies. was shit their merchandise was shit their first goldberg figure was like a two foot not two foot tall but it was a huge was, i remember because i got the one of the first i got the first bill goldberg figure and it was about oh over a foot and a half, eighteen call. inches, eighteen inches, up. yeah, and eighteen. How am I, as a kid, supposed to play with a fucking Goldberg figure that is four times the size of my Hulk Hogan or Sting figure?
0: Well, like you know, guys like you and I aren't usually used to playing with things that are eighteen
1: inches, so. I mean, you tell somebody something in confidence. (laughs) Um, But also with AEW, and this is the big rumor, Misty and I talked about it. I want to know your view on it. It is rumored right now that we are watching the last matches of Chris Jericho. That this is going to lead up to a passing of the torch. So right now the storyline is for for Chris Jericho to face MJF and get his revenge, he has to go through the five labors. The five... Pretty much gauntlet matches, but they're week to week. First opponent was sean Spears. So second it's, opponent it's
0: like uh, oh, Enter you? the
1: Dragon. Yeah. yeah, but but the way the matches has been booking uh, has been booked.
0: Not Enter the Dragon. What was
1: it though? Mortal Kombat. We can throw okay, a Mortal Kombat right. in yeah, there, there was if you a, want to. There
0: was a Bruce Lee movie where he had to go through the building and fight. People on
1: Instagram. Oh, level yeah, ability. yeah, yeah. What was that? Uh, I want to say that was Enter, Enter the Enter Dragon.
0: The, I think Enter the Dragon was the last one,
1: or the first one, but uh, I can't. Remember. Email Somebody us. Somebody
0: is yelling right now. Email us. To this, uh,
1: Email us. Um, so basically, the way the matches are booked, and it's it's kind of an eyebrow raiser for this next match book. But the way these matches have been booked. You had Nick Gage in the death match. And I'll, I'll get your opinion on Nick Gage and that, whole, that whole thing. Because I'm interested because, yeah. you know. Um, but that was a death match. That was something, not a death match, but a death match-like match. Chris Jericho had never done that before. And now, uh, uh, the next Dynamite, we record this the week before Dynamite, we're getting, and I imagine it's one last fucking time, Juventud Guerrera versus Chris Jericho. Two pillars of WCW's cruiserweight division. Okay. Those two never put on a fucking bad match a day in their life. And there's a history there. Chris Jericho removing Juventud Guerrero's mask and then having the mask match and getting that mask off Juventud Guerrero, putting Chris Jericho over as a good heel because to take off a luchador's mask- Is a big deal. Is a big deal. And- I kind of see it I kind of see a new Japan opponent being next and then after that maybe even Daniel Bryan being his last labor but I can't imagine you would have Daniel Bryan in his first match lose to Chris Jericho Well they
0: have to what they need what they have to do is uh
1: But what I was saying what I what okay, I, my point was right, if ahead. this is Jericho's final swan song if this is his last dance that frees up a lot of money in the contract perspective because they did sign him to a multi-million-dollar deal when they first brought him in. Sure. So that frees up all that money that you were talking about. Gotcha.
0: And 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 you know, it's it's the value thing. It's you know, it's it's just it's more of an uh, office situation. But you have to have talent involved, and in, you know, like older talent like like Tully and Iron and mm-hmm. those type of people. Uh, I mean, I don't know who else is involved behind the scenes. Jerry persons.
1: Jerry Lynn. Um I mean, they just added Chavo. You got Billy Gunn, uh Sting.
0: Yeah, so there's you know you know, there's there are individuals that are icons in the wrestling business that Dustin know exactly Rhodes, what's right, you know that can make those decisions, but it, it, it's difficult. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's those, those are, those are difficult decisions. But, you know, once again, I think they realize they're making an investment. It sounds to me like the Con family has endless amounts of fucking well, money. Well, they also
1: but, own the Jacksonville Jaguars, they yeah. also own a football franchise, which is why they're. Yeah, but
0: sometimes it gets to the point where you got to stop the bleeding, Dan, you know? It I really, mean,
1: if you have an NFL team. And you're making money.
0: No, you know that's not the way that works, bro. But, like rich people don't want to fucking let their money go.
1: But rich people also let their children. <laughs> okay, do you're what right. They want. You're
0: absolutely right. And, now, and at least, at least, Tony Khan is doing something productive, mm-hmm. and he's involved in something that he loves. And, and and I'm of the
1: adage that and and he, he in true millennial fashion he asked daddy you know that's well I mean you know Vince McMahon did the I same thing I mean, we thing. all
0: would have done this well Vince really fucking you know kind of took over the business and had to pay his dad money of course his dad was dying of cancer his dad time, was dying of
1: cancer but he begged his he, Vince McMahon begged his dad for the longest time
0: but you know when when. When Vince put together, together the first WrestleMania, he was fucking destitute. Oh yeah, no, he was fucking yeah, no. broke. You know, so I mean, I got to give the props to, you know, it, it's it, he, Tony Khan is lucky that he's has the ability to work with a net. Yeah, like he's got a net. He's not gonna fucking starve to death, but you know there there comes a time where he's got to show a profit and and there and believe me they have a date they're shooting for and it's probably the release of the the video is going to be a big deal yeah, oh, yeah. so you know there's going to be a point where they got to start making money yeah. or there's you know it's like you know when we do these wrestling shows Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I love the fucking wrestling business, but I'm not going to do it if I'm not going to walk away with the le- le- yeah, least a, little the yeah. a little bit of money in my pocket. You yeah. know, I'm just not going to fucking do it because one day I'm going to die and fucking, I got to go to heaven and face all those guys that I fucking, and they're like, what a jabroni. You fucking lost money on every fucking single show.
1: You lost money so Dan could have it a good time. <laughs> Hey everybody, Dan here with the Counting Lights Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to part one of for Ronnie. Part two comes out on Friday. Give us a follow on Twitter at Counting underscore lights. Look us up on Facebook and give us a like and follow at Facebook.com slash counting lights podcast. And send us an email at countinglightspodcast at gmail.com. This is the Counting Lights Podcast, where comedy and wrestling
0: log.